should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows come? Why should my heart be lonely and long for help? Good morning and welcome to our online worship service from St John's. Uh, wherever you're watching this, whatever time you're watching, it's great to have you join us as we worship God together. Well today in our service we're thinking about the story of uh, Jesus taking his disciples up to the mountain where he was transfigured before them and he was revealed to them as God's son and they were told to listen to him. Uh, so we're thinking about that story uh, today in our service. Children who are watching, there are some Together at Home materials that you can download from our website. Uh, hopefully they were also emailed out to you uh, and you can find some activities, suggested family activities and also some worksheets uh, with some activities on that that you could do uh, related to the theme of the day. But we're going to begin our worship with lighting a candle and you might want to light a candle at home where you are. Uh, the light just reminds us of the light of Christ in our lives. So I'm going to light my candle now.
And as we light our candle, it reminds us that God is good and that God is with us. Let me begin our time together with these opening words. Please do join in with the words in bold as they appear on the screen. We've come to worship, to sing and pray and hear God's word, because God's love lasts forever. Even when God seems far away, we know God's love lasts forever. Even when nothing is going right and we're ready to give up, we know God's love lasts forever. When people treat us badly, we know God's love lasts forever. When we're all alone and we feel like no one loves us, we know God's love lasts forever. So let's worship God together this morning and we're going to have our first song and of course you're invited to join and sing along uh, as we worship God together. This little as we worship God together let's also take a moment to come before God in confession like in any relationship it's important to say sorry for those things that have got in the way of that relationship so we're going to do that now using these words of confession we confess to you our selfishness and lack of love fill us with your spirit Lord have mercy Lord have mercy We confess to you our fear and failure in sharing our faith. Fill us with your spirit. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. We confess to you our stubbornness and lack of trust. Fill us with your spirit. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. And so may the God of love bring us back to himself, forgive us our sins, and make us holy to serve him in the world. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And the prayer for the day. 
Almighty Father, whose Son was revealed in majesty before he suffered death upon the cross, give us grace to perceive his glory, that we may be strengthened to suffer with him and be changed into his likeness from glory to glory, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. For if the gospel we preach is hidden, it is hidden only from those who are being lost. They do not believe because their minds have been kept in the dark by the evil gods of this world. He keeps them from seeing the light shining on them, the light that comes from the good news about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. For it is not ourselves that we preach. We preach Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as servants for Jesus' sake. The God who said, out of darkness the light shall shine, is the same God who made his light shine in our hearts, to bring us the knowledge of God's glory, shining in the face of Christ. The reading is taken from Mark, chapter 9, verses 2 to 9. The Transfiguration. After six days, Jesus took... Peter, James and John with him up a high mountain where they were all alone. There he was transfigured before them. His clothes became a dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And there before them, Elijah and Moses who were talking to Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three tents, one for you, one for Moses and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say. They were frightened. Then a cloud appeared and enveloped them. And a voice came from the cloud. This is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son and Man had risen from the dead. Today's main reading was about a vision, a vision we call the Transfiguration. As Danny pointed out last week, we are used to being surrounded by visual imagery, especially pictures of people. Nowadays, we have our photo taken hundreds of times in our lifetime. We all know of people who are so obsessed with taking selfies, they don't really take any notice of where it is they're having their selfie taken. It could be anywhere, outside St Paul's, inside McDonald's, doesn't matter as long as they're in the picture. Also, we recognise people we've never met from their photo in the media. Trouble is, we can easily be misled by visual images. Now here's a picture to look at. It's called a Rubin vase. I expect you're quite familiar with it. What do you see? Well, 
you either see faces or you see a candlestick or you switch between the two constantly. Now that one's done for fun, really. And some are done for psychological testing. They can tell what sort of person you are by what you see first, so they say. But images can be deliberately misleading too. Um, at the beginning, well, just before the first lockdown, I was down in Dorset. The local paper had outraged pictures. People in crowds along the side of the harbour at West Bay. Terrible, terrible crowding. Aren't they irresponsible? Visitors should go home. I was actually there that day on the opposite side of the harbour, looking sideways on at these supposed crowds. Actually, people were in small family groups, spread out by at least six foot between them, between groups. There was no crowding at all, but the angle the picture was taken at and the way the picture was manipulated made it look terrible. So were people being very irresponsible. So I've got a couple of images here to show how pictures can be manipulated and they're to do with crowds. They don't actually come from COVID times at all, and they take place in Glasgow. The close-up picture makes the street look terribly crowded. People jam together. And But the other one shows, actually, they're very spread out. The close-up picture has taken away all the visual cues, like the size of the paving stones and things like that, so you don't get a fair image. We are also used to people enhancing their image. We all know about people who Photoshop. Um, you can give a good impression of yourself. You can get rid of spots and all sorts of impairments by Photoshopping. One of the things we've got to think about is not being misled by the images that we are given in the Bible. The disciples lived in a very different world. Though they lived in the Roman world that was surrounded by statues, um, the Romans were very good at making pictures of gods, goddesses, ordinary people, everything, in wall paintings and in mosaics, the Jewish people from earliest times did not make pictures of people. They really strictly interpreted the rule not to make, you know, the commandment not to make a graven image. That is an image that's carved, or sculpted in any way, and they carried it on into painting and anything like that. There are still Jewish people around who will not have photos taken of themselves or of any living person. Uh, it's that strict. It's one of the reasons we have no idea what Jesus looked like. It just wasn't important to people then. We have very few images of what people look like in the Bible at all. Uh, there's David with his rosy cheeks, but I couldn't think of any others, really. Oh, Goliath is very tall, but, you know, that's about it. Uh, Jesus wouldn't have stood out in a crowd as a person by what he looked like. Otherwise, we'd have been told about it. What made him stand out was his actions and his words. And it's these that give the disciples a picture to pass on to us. When today's reading happens, Jesus is in the process of teaching his disciples about himself, his identity and his mission. They're in the process of touring around the area and 
being with Jesus while he is preaching and teaching. He is helping them to build up a mental picture of himself in his disciples so they will remember and will be able to witness to his earthly life. I want to draw your attention to two things that happened just before today's reading. Mark tells of two incidents to do with seeing and understanding who Jesus is. A few days before the transfiguration happens, they're all in Bethsaida and a blind man comes to him wanting to have his sight restored. And Jesus starts to perform the miracle on him to restore his sight. And it actually takes two goes. After the first bit of healing, the man, Jesus asks the man, what can you see? And he says, well, I can see people, but they look like trees walking. His vision isn't clear. So Jesus goes on with the healing and Mark says, and the man could see everything clearly. I think seeing everything clearly is quite an important thought for Mark at this stage. He's developing that idea. Then they go on to Caesarea Philippi. And while they're there, Jesus says to the disciples, who do people say I am? And the disciples say, well, Elijah or one of the prophets, somebody like that. Got to remember that the Jews, Jews didn't think that Elijah had actually died. He had been transported straight to heaven in a chariot with fiery horses in a whirlwind. He was such a blessed um, prophet that he hadn't actually died. So that's quite significant. Jesus is checking if the disciples are seeing him clearly, if they're getting a clear picture yet, and Peter demonstrates they're not. Uh, Peter actually says, when Jesus says, who do you say I am? Peter says, you're the Messiah. And then Jesus goes on to explain about what must happen to the Messiah. And Peter starts arguing with him and Jesus gets very angry with him. He's has found out that the disciples really haven't got a very clear picture at all of him yet. They know he's like a prophet, they know he teaches, they call him rabbi, they know he can perform acts of healing, but they haven't got the picture yet. So let's take a break from this story and have a look at a picture ourselves. I'm sure you all know where this is. Yep, ground level, Leytonstone. What can you see? Yes, I suspect buildings, traffic, people. It's the town centre. Now, let's take a different perspective. This is the view from the tower. Sorry, it was done in summer, not winter, because we don't tend to go up the tower in winter. But what can you see? It's still a built up area, but as well as the shops and the library, there are houses and they've got gardens. You can just about see where spaces are. You can certainly see people have tall trees in some of their gardens. And beyond that, you can see Wanstead Platts in the forest. Though it's a built up area, we're surrounded by greenery. 
once you're up the tower, you get a totally different perspective on Leytonstone. It gives us a wider picture. Now back to the transfiguration story. Transfiguration, total change of appearance. That's really what it means. And in the transfiguration, Jesus is giving his disciples a different perspective, a wider picture of who he is. He selects three to go up the mountain with him. There's Peter, who had said he was a Messiah, but hadn't quite got the right picture of what a Messiah must do. And there's James and John. And go walking up the mountain. And when they get to the top, something amazing happens. Jesus is totally transformed in front of their very eyes. He becomes dazzling bright. As they say, his clothes are so white, no human bleach could make them that white. And he's walking with two great heroes of the Jewish people. He's walking with the founding father, Moses, and with that taken straight to heaven prophet, Elijah, the great prophet. It's totally out of this world, this experience. The disciples up there are totally overcome with awe and wonder. They're terrified. And then a cloud comes down, even more terrifying. They hear God speak directly. God points out that this is his son. And they're told, listen to him. They're so overcome with awe and wonder that Peter wants to stay up there. Build tabernacles to honour the occasion. And with that, the vision fades as suddenly as it started. Jesus, Peter, James and John come down the mountain looking just the same as they did when they went up. But those three at least have a new perspective on who Jesus is. And that perspective, that new view, that new picture stays with them. They've got the bigger picture. Jesus is not just about what he does in an earthly life. He is equally at home in the heavenly spiritual realm. He's been there with the founding father Moses. He's conversed with the great prophet Elijah, also by implication other prophets too. And most of all, God acknowledges him as his son. Jesus tells the disciples they've got to keep this all secret for the time being, till after the resurrection and ascension. Actually, they haven't yet got the whole picture. It's coming. They've got a lot more than they had at the beginning. But they now know they've got to listen to him and take note. The picture they will eventually give of Jesus, his ministry, his life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, is the one that they will spend the rest of their lives communicating to others. They will spend the rest of their lives making clear that it's a true picture whenever they're challenged on it. They spend the rest of their lives being so sure that this is a true, undistorted image of Jesus, that they are willing to die defending it. So what about us? What does the story have to tell us? Well, first of all, I think to be thankful that we have that picture of Jesus as a complex, compassionate human being 
the teacher, the storyteller, the healer, the son of God, the resurrected saviour. We have eyewitness accounts of the affirmation that Jesus is God's son, God with us. We have this picture because the disciples didn't go living up mountains, keeping it all to themselves, building tabernacles and having a solitary praise and spiritual moments. We have it because this picture the disciples were given, they lived down to life, down to earth lives, spreading this picture around, telling other people, passing on the picture, passing on that image, passing on that information, that vision of Jesus the Messiah. And now, nearly 2,000 years later, it's our turn because we, through those first disciples, those first witnesses, we are the custodians of that picture. How shall we pass it on? How shall we pass it on in all its truth? Undistorted, unvarnished, true forever. Something to think about. As we think about the story, we think about all that Barbara's said to us, as we think about Jesus being declared God's son, and that through Christ we are also adopted into his family. We're going to affirm our faith now with these uh, words that appear on the screen. So let us declare our faith in God, and we say together, We believe in God the Father, from whom every, every family in heaven and on earth is named. We believe in God the Son, who lives in our hearts through faith, and fills us with his love. We believe in God the Holy Spirit, who strengthens us with power from on high. Amen. And now we have our prayers for the world. Let us pray. God of all power, I glorify and magnify your name because of who you are. We thank you for the divine confirmation of your son whilst he was here on earth and became the radiant glory. Your son became transfigured before his followers. His face shone like the sun and his garments became as white as light. Lord, your power was evident in this transfiguration and for that we thank you for being who you say you are amen let us commend ourselves to the mercy and protection of god the father the son and the holy spirit gracious god we glory in your name and praise you for the glorious gospel of transfiguration, your death and your resurrection for the forgiveness of our sins. Lord, you are the light of our soul and the joy of our hearts as you are revealed as God's beloved son. Lord, in your mercy, 
Hear our prayer. We pray for justice and compassion in our world. Loving God, we pray for the people of Myanmar, the opposition of Russia and protesters in Haiti. Lord, let the leaders of this nation listen to all voices that call for peace and a new start. We pray for all children that face poverty, malnutrition and diseases in Syria and Yemen. Lord, we commit to you victims, families and rescue efforts in northern India due to the devastation caused by the Himalayan glaciers. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for our church, St. John's, our parish, our priest and the congregations as a whole. Father, we pray for events and opportunities coming up, the book groups, prayers, and other programs. We also pray for our church as witness in the community, helping the food share projects through the food banks and the confidence of worship. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for our communities especially those in postcodes identified for high infections of the new variants of the coronavirus. Lord, we ask for your healing hand with the ongoing mass testing in those areas. Father, we pray for all victims of the recent stabbings in London and for families whose lives have been affected and destroyed. Lord, let them sense your love and comfort. God our Father, we remember before you individuals in need of our prayers, those who are sick in mind, body, and spirit. We pray for those in our local hospitals, Whips Cross, Newham General, Homerton Hospital, and the Royal London Hospital. We pray, Lord, for those who are suffering from depression the homeless, the needy, the lonely, the widows. May your blessing rest on each person we have named in our hearts. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for all those who have died for whom we often light a candle which shines and brings hope. Remember in our prayers today, those we know and others in our hearts.
Father, may the glory of your transfiguration free their family and loved ones from despair and tears and open a new vision for them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Today is St. Valentine's Day. Father, we pray for a celebration of love and affection to all. Let us remind ourselves that love is patient and kind, not envious or proud. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Eternal God, your Son was glorified on earth together with you, with the glory which he had with you before the world was. I thank you for your sending. I thank you for sending your only begotten Son so that we could all be saved and so that we could have an example on how to live on earth. So during this Transfiguration Sunday, I thank you for the glorification of your son and the power that was made known in him because I believe that we too can experience your power here on earth. Amen. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.
for our notices. There's not too many notices today, but just to say that we are having an Ash Wednesday service this coming Wednesday. This marks the beginning of Lent. Uh, and well, of course, we can't be in the church just yet. We're going to be doing this over Zoom. So instructions for how to log on to that service will be emailed out through the I Know Church system. Uh, also with some uh, instructions about how you might want to make some ash uh, at home, ready to ash yourselves, sign yourselves with the cross in ash as part of that service. Uh, so look out for details for that. Uh, if you're not on the iNo, don't get the iNo Church emails. Uh, this is our database that we use um, to send all our information out. Uh, do get in touch with myself. Uh, you can email me vicar at stjohns-laytonstone.org.uk and we can uh, get you signed up onto that system uh, and you can receive the emails. Uh, and if you don't want to be signed up to the iNo Church and you still like to join the, uh, the service and want the Zoom details, please just drop me a line and I can email those out to you. As we close our worship, we close with a final prayer of blessing. Uh, and you might want to just hold your hands out, uh, symbolic of receiving that blessing, as we ask God to fill us afresh with his spirit, and we carry his blessing with us in all that we have to do this coming week. So the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God, and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, be upon you and remain with you always. Amen.